it lifts and heightens the um what's it called what's uh testosterone levels in males and okay. so they're saying that there was an, a link or a tie to um crashed motorcycles and, and uh owning cats because of the raised levels of testosterone in their system sure i would like to see a sample size larger than motorcycle crashes to prove that though i think it was the entire gracie family because it's it from brazil the whole point though toxoplasmosis is a disease that's carried in shit right and yes that's but why we, you, that's you why can't tell me dogs to... don't roll in shit not mine okay your dogs never lick each other's asses they don't okay magumi is smart she's okay. a she's a pistol okay all right let's start the show for those who do not know the biggest wrestling spectacular names from all over the country former champions i've never seen anything like it eddie graham florida promotion Vern ganyan superstar billy graham road warriors mid-south coliseum in memphis tennessee bill watts jerry jarrett dory funk harley race uh, nick bockwinkle this is cigars in conversation with Derek st holmes esquire hello and welcome to cigars in conversation hello. season three brought to you by our friends at all the gimmicks and itunes I'm your co-host, Jay Gokay, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from Greg Octane to Brad Hunter, a wrestler, a manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who once held the NWA Heartland States Heavyweight Championship for 270 days. Yes. With 20 years of experience, he is a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies, gentlemen, countrymen, I am speaking of the incomparable, the one, the only, Derek St. Holmes Esquire. What's up, champ? Hey, um, it was Gage Octane. It was, what did I say? Uh, Greg? Greg? Greg Octane. Oh, okay. It's Gage Octane. What do you know, what's he doing? It's okay, because his nickname that I gave him was Gage Oxstain, so that's fine. Oxstain? Jockstain. Jockstain. I like that better than Oxstain. Very nice. Um, He was from Iowa, and his wife was a valet. As I recall, we had a pretty good match in Minnesota. Really? Yeah. Um, That was many years ago. I, too, may have, I may have footage of that. Oh, yes, yes. That was pre-04. Pre <laughs> pre that's pretty yeah. good yeah that um i start i was thinking about having to go back and listen to the podcast and seeing which names we've already used okay because i'm like oh yeah did we ever oh we may have used that one oh i don't know uh so from here on out um there might be some repeats uh, okay uh <laughs> so you're the one that's paying attention i know well other people are too okay yeah, big shout out to uh, everybody listening. We yeah. had a <laughs> that's it. Woo, no give yourselves specific. a hand. Hey, all right. Um, we had a great response to the last episode with you talking about uh, wrestlers that you've interacted with. We got an email. 
We did, but we also, but I'm saying, but all the way around, people were very excited hearing your stories. Sure. All right. I, I don't know. I don't pay attention to that. Thank you for listening. Yeah. The, a lot of people were excited. Um, people really enjoyed the George Steele colostomy bag. Yeah. That was a good one. Weird. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but that's kind of the stuff. Yeah. That's, that's wrestling. The, um, how big is a colostomy bag? Um, maybe two hand widths. Okay. Cause I've no, never it's seen It's like that. a rectangle. Gotcha. Yeah. And did he have it just for clarification? Was it, it was in the tights, like against his thigh? No, no. Cause it comes out of the side here. So okay. it's kind of the side of his abdomen. Yeah. Wow. And you can get take body slams and stuff. George Steele isn't taking body slams, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> I mean, there's kind of uh, you know, right? Do you think that does he? Uh, I mean, that's one of those things he probably keeps secret too. Like if a promoter's like, "Hey, you want to come in?" And well, do something, no, he's not like, "Hey, man, I got this shit bag, I got to deal with." But no, it was known he had the the Crohn's disease because at some point he ran across Bill Watts. Okay. Who was doing his multi-level marketing thing and had a line of health whatever and sure, sold yeah. that to George Steele. And that allegedly allowed him to recover enough for X. Oh, okay. So like they're intertwined together. It was well known that he had this disorder or whatever. Right. But like in our match, he didn't. I mean, there was just zero mention of, hey, kind of be careful here, you know. Yeah, right. I'm sore or whatever. Has he know? lost hair? But he's dead. George Steele's not dead. Yes. Is he? Yes. No. Yeah, George Steele passed away. And Kyle? as a matter of fact, he also recorded a creepy YouTube video that starts along the lines of, well, if you're seeing this, I'm dead. Really? Yes. I think he's still alive. No, George Steele passed away. Is he really? Yeah. What year? Uh, when did he die? 2017. That's so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> sure did he really yeah why do i not remember that sorry it's kind of like me and jerry butler i guess <laughs> that's that, yes george Steele is my jerry butler ooh, ooh. wait a second though so how do we start this podcast i thought kyle's gonna go wait a second who is this george Steele? <laughs> <laughs> how do we start this podcast after just talking about your career last week and not hearing about the fact that you held an NWA title. It wasn't a... Well, I mean, it was the internet NWA. Right. Yeah, not like... Um, It was through the association with Schumann, who was the NWA Midwest promoter. Right. Exactly. It's that point when it kind of wasn't a... Like a, a big, big thing. Well, it... It, it was always it, a thing. Don't get me wrong, NWA lovers. Okay, now, now just gonna hijack this episode here. No, don't go for it. We still haven't talked about Kyle uh, getting engaged. By uh, the way, uh, way to drop that here. Let That's, me let no, me pick that up for you there. Congratulations! Get, we'll get to it. Way. The only title that matters is fiance. Is anyway, that? okay. So the NWA, the big coalition of promoters, ceased to be effective. <laughs> you know, at a certain point. And then, so there's always been a legal body entitled the NWA, but it's more of a you're buying into the license to call yourself an NWA promoter rather than any sort of logical progression or connection back to the NWA of your. Does that make sense? So 
Sure, there's an NWA, but that just means there's a variety of promoters, you know, in different areas of the country. So for for whatever reason, uh, I heard at one time it was to participate in the insurance policy for the promotion. I don't I don't know any particulars, so I don't want to you know end up dead. <laughs> so, uh, supposedly, there was a an insurance policy that everybody could participate in or use to cover your show as an NWA promoter if you paid the money, you know, the licensing fee for the NWA name. And then these promoter these promotions would ostensibly work together, but my whole point on it is okay, maybe they can fly you in, but basically as an NWA champion traveling the circuits like that, you just have to make longer drives. You know, I don't know the money anybody was getting. I can't imagine anyone was getting rich. So what was this title that you had? Um, It was some title. <laughs> no, it was, um, I don't know where it quite came from, but it was an NWA heartland title which i liked because it was the semi-police badge design of like the old florida title that luger held if, if you know you'd have to look at a picture of that but because it was the nwa heartland title like on the side plates it had the what cornucopia of food spilling over so like we called it the thanksgiving title nice i was just thinking that which is coming up yeah um, but yeah, I held that, and then when my local promotions association with the NWA expired for whatever reason, um, that title was transitioned into the Midwest, like the BCW Midwest title, as I recall, and a new belt was brought out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I, and then after that title reign. I lost the belt to a guy, and he promptly retired because he got injured. Really? So. Did you? Was it you that no, injured him? No, no. No. Like within. It's, it's. I'm just. It's. It's good to be the friend of the office, I guess. Ah, it's very nice. Saying. That's all I'm saying. Very good. Not that I'm, you know, bitter. Well, listen. Speaking of bitter, let's talk about Kyle real quick here before we go here. So a lot of you know. Kyle has been a very important part of this podcast for a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm trying to sound dramatic about this. Uh-huh. And uh, he has a lot of other irons in the fires. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Yes. And uh, so uh, tonight we are congratulating young Kyle um, as a you, newly— You know, we already told him. I know. Surprise. Listen, just okay. stop. Okay. As a newly engaged— uh, what <laughs> I don't know, a person. I, I don't know. You told me. You he's told a me newly. To shut up. Uh, he, last week, uh, Kyle proposed to his a longtime girlfriend um, in their living room, in front of their PlayStation Four, probably while they were playing that Red Dead Redemption game that just came out, and oh, um, and she uh, said yes reluctantly i think allegedly from what I hear. allegedly said yes we haven't even seen her so we That's don't even so, know so i'm so not <laughs> yes so allegedly we don't know. so i don't know kyle's sweating profusely all of a sudden and smiling through gritted teeth nervously but, looking at the closet but we want to take uh this time to uh congratulate kyle for uh or for becoming uh newly engaged <laughs> today you've become a man <laughs> gentleman 
Uh, congratulations. I was just going for like a moment of silence. Elo- eloquently said there. And then Dave. I would also like to say uh-huh. congratulations to Kyle. Because, Derek, I don't know if you know this, but Kyle's documentary that he's making recently p- picked up um, some grant money oh, for nice. them to continue on with their production. Uh, so that's very cool. So uh, congratulations to Kyle <laughs> on that front as well. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Was it the mob? <laughs> right. It's like the the story of Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they couldn't get oh, yeah. it out and like they had the mob basically financed it and then the mob yes. owned all the rights to it and yep. nobody got paid for that movie. That was Bryanston Pictures, yes. which also produced... Uh, Bryanston or, or Bryanston? Bryanston it's with Bryanston. a Y. That's it. Okay. Uh, also produced the re- what was called Return of the Dragon here. Yes. Um, was it really Chinese Connection? What was the original name of that? I think it might have been. Uh, yeah, 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 yes. The one where he's in Greece. Yes. So they own that, and also Deep Throat, because Bryanston Pictures was owned by the I think it's the Daimiano or right. Daimino it, something family, like that. Right. I just remember it's a D. You know, it's yes. The book. So that's kind of crazy stuff there in our movie <laughs> podcast now. Speaking of which, I just heard Kyle on a podcast a couple weeks ago okay. where they talked about High Plains Drifter. Right. That's right. Okay. Yes, it was pretty good. Be on one again soon. That's awesome. So, yeah, so they spent a lot of time um, being retroactively offended by um, what happened in that movie. So I was a little bit off-putting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. That subject, I, I, I can certainly understand that subject of being able to watch a movie saying, oh, that wouldn't fly now. Right. No, but it, but not even a matter of saying that wouldn't fly now as much as there was a little bit of a, like, um, I don't think I like this movie as much because of it. I should say that wasn't <laughs> coming from me so much as it was coming from other people. I could I couldn't tell the voices apart. So sorry. I still want to work in the business, <laughs> Mr. Correct. Eastwood. So I still I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, enjoyed the movie and felt it was. I I grew up with High Plains Drifter, so I I really love that movie just from my childhood. So sorry, did you hear that? Kyle grew up with drifters. <laughs> <I was> just <laughs> <laughs> Kyle hung out with drifters. Explains guys. a lot. Um, so, and I just want to put them over cause actually I'm just giving him a hard time. It was a very good podcast. Uh, and I've listened to a bunch of different episodes and it's actually really enjoyable and I'd like to plug it right now for everybody. It's called the shameless picture show podcast. Oh, I mean, sounds like something I'd like. Yeah. It's actually really, really well done and they're very knowledgeable. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sure it's fantastic. They're very knowledgeable and they even had Kyle the on the day. show. Well, I, so. I wouldn't, I've seen the man's library. I mean, He's got a, well, I mean, just because a guy. You know, I have a lot of shoes, but it doesn't mean I'm a good basketball player. Do you have a lot of basketballs? Uh, but, he, I mean, he's got films to study it for the... You don't... It, it wasn't I'm apt. Just giving, it wasn't the, apt. Okay. Well, speaking <laughs> of... It appropriate. Speaking of videos, this next thing that we're going to talk about happened uh, before videos were available. Even though I take that back because they were selling Starcade during the... Um, to be fair, I taped this off broadcast. I was going to say, well, I, yeah, I was just trying to look for a good segue. Today, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Better today, luck next time. Hey, so, today we are going to talk about the uh, superstars on the Superstation, um, which the Superstation, as we know, Super is. On or of? I thought it was on. That's what I always thought. Superstars I thought it was on. of. 
I think it's on, to be on. No, it's on. Superstars on the Superstation yeah. is what it's called. Because when you look at the To be fair, picture, you're the one looking it up. And well, if I'm, you look I'm on the picture, it's a, it's a disco ball, and it says Superstars on the Superstation. That's their logo. Uh, wait, are you sure that's the logo to the show? or not? Is that the logo to the show or a bumper for something I'm sure else? it's a bumper, but still. It's still the, it says on, and it's a disco ball. So we're going to Even the it. video clip says on? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So basically, before there was Clash of the Champions. Right. At this point, the only thing was Starcade that was considered a closed circuit, um, like pay-per-view type experience. Right. They you're did, missing a big thing. Yeah. Hold on. But I'm saying, but that, they did this. And if you read about it and what most places say about it, and if you watch it, I like I can kind of agree. It's kind of a quote-unquote glorified house show. In the sense of at that, it was a lot of squash matches at that point going on on television. This was one of the first few times that they were doing like actual full matches. Yes, but you're missing a lot of the buildup in that there was a mail-in or call-in campaign to yep. choose the matches. Yep, didn't get there yet. Uh, well, it, okay. Well, this, <laughs> I'm just going to totally change what I'm talking about here. Um, yeah, so there was a buildup for that. So it like there was Starcade, but that wasn't going to be on TV. Like the big Correct. cards weren't on TV. The big thing about this was this was a big card that was going to be on TV, right, for free. And it was up to the fans to vote for who was going to face who. Yes. Now they, you know, guided a lot of that and everything. Of course. But still, I mean, I was excited when this came on. Like I, I mean, I bought into it, but I was also what is this? Eighty six. Yeah, it's eighty six. So I was sixteen. Right. Fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I uh, I remember watching this when it was on live. Yeah, and thinking you would have been much younger. Um, yes, um, and yeah, I was. I was the twelve. So. Oh yeah, that's right. So I'm not that much younger, but uh, I do remember watching this, and I do remember uh, it just the feel of it. Not that it, not that it felt bad or wrong. It felt different because what you were used to seeing the programming on Superstation, uh, uh, the Saturday Night Show was a very squash match interview promo squash match that very rarely did you actually see two established names go at it for an extended amount of time on the uh saturday night show true you always saw footage though right yeah like they showed the big card right but... yeah but it was uh, but it was never anything where they from start to finish with a match it wasn't like you're getting the pay-per-view quality matches because right. every match on this show was given, a, uh, again, a 20-minute time limit. Yep. And they let everybody pretty much work that wide-open live style, not that studio style, where they really let them draw the match out, which is different yes, from what they were Yes, but there was doing. also names versus names. Yes, absolutely, which is something that you weren't seeing on a regular Saturday Exactly, broadcast. and that was also a big thing, too. So, yeah, so... Um, then, long... I, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that this... Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. Okay, Never. no. So uh, it took place in the Omni. Yes, which of course. Definitely is go with the familiar spot to yep. do the show. Which I've seen. Um, set a soul. Uh, how many people do you think the Omni held? Uh, tw- I'm just gonna say twelve thousand. Okay, because they said it, uh, attendance was somewhere around ten thousand. Yeah, so for it's the a good show, house. Which and who knows what was papered, what wasn't, or anything like that. Right. Uh, so they would do the special itself while it was an actual full card. Uh, they had, I think there was eight matches. They only um, actually televised four of them. Right. So the um, we'll talk about the undercard to this. Uh, Ron Bass and the Barbarian 
I do not remember that. That was the undercard that wasn't shown. Undercard that wasn't shown. So, okay, I, I have no idea about now, these. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. I saw that, not the match, but I saw that it was listed <laughs> as Ron Bass uh, and the Barbarian, uh, and they fought to a draw. Um, do you think, what was Ron Bass a good guy at this point? Uh, Maybe. And I feel like I've never seen him as a good guy. So was he a good guy often? No, wasn't or? he a good guy at... Uh, at Starcade against Black Bart. Right? Yeah. It wasn't the other way around? No, no. Black Bart was a bad guy. That's right. Um, but I feel yeah, like... Yeah, so he had already turned on the long rider. So he was a lower card baby face. He was a guy Dusty knew from Florida. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so that was the first match, Ron Bass. He's uh, dead too, by and the And the Barbarian. What about the Barbarian? Barbarian's still alive. He's got to be, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, next, uh, um, Baron Von Raschke... Still alive. Def- defeated the Italian Stallion. Sure. Um, and uh, Gary Sabaw, um, Nelson Royal trainee, just lived in, you know, local guy. How long did the Baron go to, was he in like the Crockett area for? Oh, God, that couldn't have been that long. Maybe two years? Because that's another one Maybe to me that two years? It seems so, and I Maybe feel like. Maybe a year. I don't even feel like, I mean, I've seen footage of him there and I've watched <laughs> stuff, yes. But I feel like I don't, as a kid, I don't remember him being there. I mean, I'm sure I saw him. I just oh, I do. Pay, I just never paid attention to it. I yeah, guess. he was brought in when um, Crusher Khrushchev hurt his knee. Right. And actually, I'm glad that you pointed out he's here because that explains something later in the show. But absolutely no, and that. that's exi- well. You're okay. right. We'll get to that later on. Um, and then uh, the boogie woogie man Jimmy Valiant defeated yes. Arn Anderson, uh, which <laughs> again was uh, had to be a hell of a match. Kind of crazy, right? I, that's have have you ever seen a boogie woogie versus Arn Anderson match? No, but I don't know that I've ever specifically looked for one. I feel like I'd like to see that. Sure. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm just... sure I'd know what it is. There's a really good, uh, nice, short little uh, boogie-woogie against Tully Blanchard match on YouTube that I think ends with an Abdullah the Butcher run-in or something oh, like really? that. But just a nice little, hey, here's this afternoon show at this place. We need you guys to go X amount of minutes, and we got to get this angle over. Sure. Okay, boom. And that's, yeah. Yeah, it's a neat little watching. Tully Blanchard was very good. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I've got a lot to say about that match later on when we get to it. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> so here we are. We're at the Omni. Show goes live on TV. Yep. And uh, your hosts for the night, do you remember who they were? Uh, is it Bob Cottle and Jim Ross? No. Who? Magnum TA and Linda Curry. Oh, she was just there for a bit. Sure. I mean, but she didn't. She didn't do any matches. Uh, but they were. Uh, they were kind of the hosts of the evening, Magnum and Linda. Oh, whatever. So, okay. who is Linda Curry? Do you no know? No idea. She just kind of ended up there. I sure. Okay, because I thought that was. Uh, I was looked down the some, crowd, saw she's wearing a dress. Said, "Hey, you want to?" I was job? watching some stuff uh, the other day from this, and I was just like, "Who the hell is this?" Like very not. Uh, if not I had to noticeable. guess, probably some southern type personalities or celebrity or personality right and i didn't really again i yeah. could have pursued it but i chose not to yeah so again i'm just going off of memory sure this. uh first match right off the bat uh i think probably the best match on the show rock and roll express of versus course. midnight express yes of course uh so <coughs> when was the last time you saw us do you think like probably live or 
what you haven't like uh, revisited this isn't some a show that you've necessarily gone back to, have you? No. It's uh, decades, if not multiple sure, decades. Sure. So, um, Rock and Roll Express, decades Midnight are Express. They are yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, the that. S was uh, implied de- uh, multiple. Um, what uh, are you? Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express. Who do you like better? Which team? Uh, well, to win? I mean, what's your? Just no, in general. Like, is there a team that you liked more than the other? Did you feel that they both just worked so well against each other that that was like the package is great, or what's? Uh, back then, now back then, I wasn't really into this match. I just knew it would be a good match with lots of stuff going on. Sure. Obviously, now going back and watching it, I would watch so many different things in this match. Right. Um. So now I, you know, I would like to sit. I'd like to sit and rewatch it, but as as a right now, I don't really remember much about it. Right. Um, I like the Midnight Express because they're the heels. Sure. But I like watching the rock and rolls because I have a renewed appreciation for them. Gotcha. No. And Plus, that they're my sense. close personal friends. Yes, as as discussed before. Um, something. If anybody decides that they want to watch these matches, they are available on YouTube. You can see them. And I've got to say, one of the best parts about this. Is David Crockett yes. loses his fucking shit towards the end of the match? He is. <laughs> it's the first match on the show. I was kind of hoping this was going to be a watch along. Uh, you know what? I mean, we could have, but I just think that it would have been like, oh, and now we're piecemealing because it's only in sections on, oh, okay. on YouTube. But uh, David Crockett is next level losing his mind at the end of this match. Uh, it is pretty wild stuff. And it's a great match for what it's worth. Yes, yes. I recall it being great. I remember reading uh, after I got the Observer, finally going back and getting all the Observers for everything I could think of in wrestling, reading the review of this one, remembering how he put that over. It's like, okay, now I understand more how this was the better match. Right. Makes sense that it went on first on the TV because it is something, you know, it's definitely a spectacle. Yeah. And the thing that makes it um, even more interesting at this given point in time in history and wrestling is that uh, Midnight Express wins and wins the belts on free TV. Yes, because then they cut the promo and back. With Bobby Eaton. <laughs> Bobby Eaton is dead yes. in the chair. So, <laughs> Kyle, so uh, the, the Midnights w- uh, win the match and they win the belts, but there's like a lot of stuff with tennis rackets and people getting hit and they literally have to carry Bobby Eaton out of the arena. Like he's knocked unconscious. So they, uh, the midnight express cuts a promo with, uh, Jim Cornette cuts a promo backstage with the belts and Dennis Condry is standing up holding the belt and he's talking and Cornette's talking. Bobby Eaton is slumped over unconscious with the belt in his lap. And Jim Cornette just keeps saying, yeah, yeah it's, he's, he's okay. He's okay. He's just taking a rest right now. He's just taking a rest. I mean, at so. one point, he reaches up to get the hair out of his eyes or whatever, but he's just like, Ugh. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's actually really, really well done. And, um, yeah, it's like, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, it's it's a good match. And I think that that, too, really just adds to it. Um, what yes, a, what but, a cool thing. But at that point in time, like, I, I, knew, I knew they were fun things, but that just wasn't what I was focused on. Sure. Because... Ric Flair wasn't a tag team wrestler, so uh, right. You know. I always feel like I liked the Rock and Roll Express, but I wasn't in love with the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, but you weren't the target audience for the. And Rock I understand and Roll that, but I don't. And I guess I appreciated it all, but 
I was never, and now I like to go back and look at these matches because now I can see it and I can appreciate yes, them. Exactly. But, uh, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express match, did nothing for me um, back when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. I Good. I'm glad Cornette, we're on the same page. With no, that. but I think, but but I think Cornette, even if Cor- if Cornette wasn't with them, um, it would even mean less to me. Yes, because there would be no, no Midnight no, Express. No, and I get that, but I'm saying, but like, it's like he was even like that one just little strand that I would grab onto and be like, oh, like that's like he's good. And if you really wanted to just Jim Cornette and Rick Rude are the two guys to me in my childhood that I genuinely hated. And I look back okay. now, no, and I look back now and go, how awesome they are because they were the ones that got. Uh-huh. That feeling because you, me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It busted your what? Crust, they busted your crusty shell. Yes, I guess so. If that's the hey, speaking of you were of, forced to believe. Speaking of uh, crusty shell, a crusty shell. Um, the next match was also a tag team match with the Russians and the Road Warriors. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm sorry. I remember. Like I said, I had this match. I taped it off of broadcast, and yes. I'd watch it. But I would always just fast forward over the rock and rolls and midnights, because I liked this match. I was a big mark for the after mags pushed Road Warriors versus the Russians. Sure. Um, but I was so angry when uh, Baron von Raschke walked out, right? Because I knew. <laughs> Markish as it is, I knew then that this match wouldn't have a decent conclusion. Sure, we right. Wouldn't see who's the strongest team. Right. Yes, it, and it does. Of course, it ends with Von Raschke coming out. Yes, which is in- because I remember being angry about that. Like I understood it. Like oh, they need a you know, but why would Germany be with Russia? And exactly. That's why my is thought. why is Von Raschke being brought in? You know. Might have been 50, but he looked 60. But he also looked 60 when he was 20. So, which is funny too. So, you you bring this up when at at that point it was just like, "Ah, no, I I, that ruined the right. Oh, like, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, also ruining it when you watch this is so a lot of the match is uh, Hawk taking the beating, taking the lumps, and it's kind of hard to take seriously when you're watching Ivan Koloff, uh, you know, getting his heat on uh, yeah. uh, on uh, Hawk. It just doesn't look right because it's kind of a weird mix too. Like, so Hawk is kind of selling the whole match. Okay, there's a lot of there just seems to be a lot of stuff that doesn't seem. Um, like at no point when you watch it, and again, if you were to revisit it now, there are just some weird moments where Hawk kind of no sells stuff, like whether it be a pin or whether it be like a, um, like a club to the back or something like that. That's not necessarily meant like him being like, I'm not selling this as much as he just kind of was just like, like, oh, I got hit. Oh, I'm going to kind of go a little bit and barely stumble around. Okay. Um, it comes off really weak. It just comes off kind of like a shambles. Okay, I'll have to go back and rewatch it because I don't recall. I'm surprised when you're saying Ivan Koloff didn't have credible offense because. Well, it just I mean, seemed it's, very. It's Ivan, it's Ivan Koloff. But I can understand where he and Hawk might not have been on the same page about something. That's kind of what it felt like, I would okay. say. It, fe- it felt like they were just not in the right spot 
place with each other. Uh, now, I understand. I believe this w- did not go out live. It was taped two nights earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's get that out. Of yeah. Way. Yeah. So, but I mean, but it's still that feeling. Every ch- match was kind of given a yeah. chance to breathe, so to speak. Uh, this is also a big thing uh, going back to the buildup, which we forgot to say that this was going to be broadcast like it was an extra two hours of wrestling. Right. Again, you only had your. Well, at this point, you had you could find WWF wrestling. You probably find UWF. Ostensibly, you know, you only had your one time a week to watch wrestling, right? Or you know, Saturday and then the Sunday morning show. So technically, three times in two days, <laughs> right? Right. Anyway, um, you get what I'm saying. But this yes. was like an added bonus. Yes. So that was a big thing. And as we're talking, to me, that represents you know the network willing to buy into the promotion to build its ratings right whereas later you know later it be, became difficult to do that they had the clash of champions and then you know i forgot where i was going don't this. worry about it no okay. but i get exactly what you're saying um it is i guess again we are so privy and spoiled at oh, this point sorry so uh, it. it became a, uh, a periodic thing that happened until you had uh, Nitro at three hours, you know, right? Nitro for two hours, and then you had Thunder, and like there was no reason to have Clash of Champions, Champions anymore. anymore, right? And it kind right. of phased itself out because the original Clash was uh, to combat against was it Survivor Series or wasn't it or one of those like the first one where they were when the Clash of the Champions was on head to head with an actual WWF uh, yeah, WrestleMania Four was it WrestleMania Four? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I couldn't remember which which. Yeah, that was, was a big thing that was specifically done, and then uh, like the TV people at Turner got in trouble for intentionally sabotaging somebody. Yes, but you know, wrestling cigars and conversations presents mailbag correspondence comments and letters culled from the pages of old wrestling magazines. From wrestling fans. This time we'll be reading fan letters from the Victory Sports Series Inside Wrestling issue from March 1984. Cheers for Sawyer. This is an open letter to Buzz Sawyer. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer actually being cheered by the fans in Atlanta, no less. When I was watching your brother, Brett Wayne, being beaten up by Jake the Snake Roberts and precious Paul Ellering on World Championship Wrestling from Georgia, I watched your reaction. And you know what? I could tell. I could tell you were getting angry. And I knew that at any minute, you would feel that love, the love for your brother. And you would come to his rescue like a brother does. I have watched you and Tommy Rich feud for a year and a half now. And you know what? I really hated you. I thought you had no good in you at all. But now, now I see how wrong I was. And I I openly apologize to you, Buzz Sawyer. You do know how to express love and concern for another person. And you proved that when you went against your manager and your friend. Fans here in the Pacific Northwest, they saw a change from bad to good recently come over Playboy Buddy Rose. And now, 
In front of millions of wrestling fans, we witnessed another wonderful change. Please, Buzz, do not change back to your old, dirty, rule-breaking self again. You will see how good you feel when the fans cheer you and show you the love. And I know Brett is a happy man at last. And now that he has your help and your support, his career is going to soar. I would even bet that the two of you could whip the Road Warriors and become the national tag team champions. Good luck, Buzz Sawyer. From a new fan, Junie Grandin, Federal Way, Washington. Unfair Interference I live in Minneapolis, and I often watch AWA Wrestling. I'm constantly asking myself, why is there interference in championship matches? I'm speaking, of course, of the High Flyers, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. You know, Jim was hit in the head by Sheik Adnan Al-Casey while he and Jerry Blackwell uh, were down on the ground in the figure four leg lock. Because of this unfair interference, Blackwell and his partner, Ken Patera, well, they took the belts away from these two clean-cut young men. It isn't fair, I tell you. The High Flyers work so hard to keep the belts, and Patera and Blackwell, well, they have help. And it's in the form of interference. And take them away, I say. I am really sick and tired of this rotten garbage. Why doesn't AWA President Stanley Blackburn do something about this? Donald Morazzo, Minneapolis. Flair, a failure? This is an open letter to Matt Brock. Just who do you think you are comparing your past as a failure with Ric Flair's struggle to regain the NWA World Championship? For someone who sits in an office and probably has never set foot in the Keel Auditorium, you speak as if Flair is a has-been. Well, I'm here to tell you he's not. I saw the match between Flair and David Von Erich for the Missouri State title, and Von Erich could never have won if not for that claw hold. Von Erich doesn't wrestle. He's strictly in the ring for the stardom, just like his brothers. Every excellent wrestler has faced defeat in his career, and every ex-champion goes through changes on his way back to the top. Now, I've seen Flair wrestle in the keel many times, and in my opinion... Losing the world title has brought out the real wrestler in him. He gets better each time he steps into the ring. No ex-champion is the same after the big loss, trust me. And that includes Harley Race. So, take my advice, Matt. If you want to see a great wrestling match, try seeing it firsthand. And make sure Ric Flair is involved in it. He's a long way from the bottom, baby. He's on his way back to the top again. Nancy Deem, St. Louis. A great interview. I personally would like to thank Stu Sachs for his excellent interview with the Masked Superstar in January 1984 issue of Inside Wrestling. I've been waiting for a long time for someone to interview this excellent wrestler and Sachs, well, he really did a fine job. But... What saddens me about the mass Superstar's career right now is the news about the Grand Wizard's death. I can't help but wonder whether Superstar would be WWF champion today 
if not for that unfortunate occurrence. And I also can't help but wonder whether Superstar will become involved with another manager, such as Lou Albano or maybe Freddie Blassie. For his sake, I hope he does. Tony Raponio, Brooklyn, New York. So, uh, moving right along. So, and again, there's not much. These matches are good. I, I mean, they're definitely good matches. They're solid. But you can kind of feel the vibe definitely just feels a little bit different than it would from um, anything you'd see, I guess, nowadays. I mean, it's, it feels raw. It feels kind of cool, like, when you watch them. It's just a different – it's when you like when you'd watch the Saturday Night Show and they'd show the footage from the arenas – uh, like the finishes of matches or like something to help move storyline. And it was almost like uh, when you watch it, it's almost like you're getting that that full exposure of that, not just a little taste. And that's what makes it kind of cool. That's why I really enjoy uh, watching it. I don't know. You're like, I don't know what you're talking. About. Yeah, I know. I just like I say, it's got a it's, a, it's got a cool feel to it. Just uh, like an arena rather than a studio. Yeah. Or like in just it's. uh it's not overproduced. It's not it overproduced, right? Was, exactly, and I just like I said, there's something about it that feels gritty. It was a that, show like at the arena it. that right. did the thing. So um, we'll go to the next match then. Sure. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard. Yes. So this one, to set this up, you're basically looking at this is uh, just recently after Dusty stopped wearing the uh, the boot, the orthopedic the, boot, the orthopedic boot. So. Um, it's built for him by a doctor. Yes. And so Tully Blanchard's working the leg a lot of this, of working the is. leg and foot. Um, but Dusty, this kind of bothered me. I got to say, I expected a lot more from this match. <laughs> okay. Dusty not selling, like okay. not really selling the, the, the leg. Like he just kind of like, yeah. So if a guy's working the leg, yep. your leg, and then you get up and start giving atomic drops right on that same leg. I don't know. That kind of takes me out of the the match. What do you think? I think it's Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, and he kind of does what he. Uh, yeah, he does what he does, including there's footage of Dusty versus Harley. Uh, I think I've might have talked about this before. Dusty versus Harley from Japan. Yes. Uh, Jim Barnett may introduce the match, but then they start going through the match, and Dusty grabs the most shit awful headlock I've ever seen. Uh, I'm gonna try to. Desc- I have to show you, but I can try to describe to the people at home. Instead of grabbing a headlock like the double hook grip or something for a headlock, yeah, he just grabs both hands together like he's praying and interlaces his fingers like this. Really, like that? Yeah. Like how I'm holding this mic. That's how he's holding the headlock. And I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Just got it's it's crazy, right? Yeah, like, but like, not even in a dusty being cool kind of way. It's just like, what the hell am I looking? So, at? do you think that? I mean, speculation, of course. Who knows? But like, and who was he fighting? You said Harley Race. Harley Race. Come on, they got to go backstage. I mean, he was a Har- local guy in Missouri, or whatever. yeah. But Harley Race has to go backstage and be like, "What the hell are you doing out there?" Probably said it to him right there. Like, was just like, yeah, like, this is what kind <laughs> like, of... what the hell are you doing? I, I don't know if he could see it or... but Right. And for whatever reason, which I've never been able to find out, Dusty always worked the right leg. 
Okay. When he'd go to his rest hold spot and hold the guy, he would work the guy's right leg. I don't know why. Yeah. That's kind of strange. Yeah. I was um, just that's what Dusty does. I don't know. I, have we ever talked about the figure four in here before? I don't know. Can I, let me ask you a quick. Can I ask you a question about the figure four leg lock? Sure. And I'm, I'm not being silly about this. I'm being okay. No, I'm realistic. Kind of knowledgeable. So when somebody it. puts the figure four leg lock on, yes, which leg is supposed to be the hurting leg? It's the straight leg. The figure four is a knee bar against the straight leg. That's what I thought. Yep. But I've. I Rick mean, we've Flair seen, puts it on wrong. Is yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. Ric Flair puts it on wrong. Because he's always like, so he works a leg and then he bends the leg. He yes, worked. everybody thinks it's the bent leg that hurts, but no, it's a but knee bar. It's, it's a yeah. knee bar against the because straight leg. Because the shin slash ankle is pressing against your knee in the exactly. wrong direction. Exactly. Exactly. Did you know that, Kyle? I did not know that. This is interesting. I could, I could put it Super on you right here. It's pretty easy. Well, what did you? I mean, what part of the leg did you think was hurt from the figure four? I doubt he ever thought about uh, it. You know, I didn't actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't weird, make sense. Kyle was just always checking to see if it was a four. Like he's like, yeah. I just want to look for the shape. That's was that it? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, see? I've also heard like when you cinch up on the arm, that's called figure fouring the arm as well. Oh, okay. You know, because you're doing it with your hands. But. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's really driven me crazy. Yeah, Ric Flair people... does it wrong. Um, Buddy Rogers did it right. Uh, the guys in the AWA did it correctly. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason, I, 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 I think I brought this up that when Buddy Roberts, when they did that small angle in Mid-Atlantic or whatever, yeah. something about Ric Flair putting the figure four on from the other side pissed off rogers or something oh like that. gotcha and like, so that's just something that he stuck with i i you don't know. know sure I, I wasn't there um but it, again another question i've never been able to get right. asked or answered do you think now here i'm sorry and this is kind of a tangent but welcome to our podcast superstars of the superstation when someone puts on a texas clover leaf and yes. or a scorpion deathlock i'd say probably more so the texas clover leaf would you say it's more pretty it's not supposed to be affecting the legs it's still the back that's getting affected that you're working the leg thing just is kind of a neat look to it right the curled up they're like the well it has a neater look to it but you're using those joints for leverage gotcha so you can get more leverage on say a texas clover leaf right uh, well you'd have a tighter tighter cinch tighter cinch to it you have a tighter cinch but you could also use um his foot under your right armpit, armpit. sure kind of crank crank on You'd be adding a knee lock, but the main pressure is was, coming in the low back. It was like a tighter lock yeah, and a prettier looking move than just yeah. the typical um, Boston Crab. Did which, you which is a shoot crab? hold and was used as a finisher in uh, England for a long time. Very nice. Yep. Not to keep this rolling, but the sharpshooter then, is rolling, that leg or rolling, rolling. is that working the leg or the back? No, it's technically working the back. It only... The... The spinning up the legs makes it pretty, but again, you're getting your leverage on that. You know, you're ostensibly cranking down on his foot in your back, but it's really that was called the uh, scorpion death lock at one point, or scorpion leg lock. Sure. So the so oh here Kyle has another one. No, no, it just makes me wonder. I have to go back and look at matches for the guys that do that, and if they work the back beforehand or if they're working the legs, because it always feels like people work the legs, but. I could be wrong on that. I, again, I can understand both ways, but not. I mean, ostensibly, it's a crab hold. Yeah. Right, right. 
So the Iron Claw. Okay. Yes. <laughs> go go on because I have a theory about this. So the Iron Claw. Yes. Uh, put on. I always thought it was more so of the temple, the fingers going, the thumb and the yep. pinky going yep. into the temple with the other hand securing it. Was always surprised that it drew blood. How does the Iron Claw draw blood? Oh no, that's because because wrestling's fake. I thought you were going to ask how it worked. Tell, and please tell us how it worked. Well, because uh, Von, worked. I always thought Von Raschke had the wider hand, like yes. his hands were evenly spaced, so his fingers were going into different pain centers that he found around the skull. Okay. But the Von Erichs, the hand was more sideways. It was more thumbs and your middle two fingers going into the temples. Sure. So that's how I felt the Iron Claws differed. Did you? How did you feel about if anyone ever did the? Um, was it the Brain Buster with the knuckle into the temple? Um, did you like that or not? Well, one with that one, Kyle. One Blackjack okay. Lanza did that. I want to say I may have still been in grade school. And of course you didn't like it because your older cousins, that's what they do to you and it really hurts. It really hurts. Yeah. I mean, even like... But I mean, it's not a legit hold by any means. Right. Other than it really hurts. No, but if you had someone down on the ground and you were grinding in your middle knuckle on their uh, temple... Oh, sure. Submission. Okay. Right. Okay. But look... I'm doing it's the claw. To, I'm doing the claw to myself in right the now. Octagon. I've got the claw on my own head, and I'm telling you, I'm feeling. I can feel a little bit of pressure, but I'm not feeling a lot. But now I'm going to gore myself here with the brain buster, the brain sure. twister, and a little bit of pressure, and I can really feel. I'm submitting to myself. So what point are you trying to make? I was just curious. Sometimes I have these questions about like. Uh, Submission moves like you cleared up a lot about the sleeper with Ganya. You said when he put it on you, it was like the real deal. Yeah. Well, have you ever had a? You ever been choked out? Yes, I have. Okay. You ever had a sleeper put on you? Not a. Well, it, uh, I had like a um, like a head and arm choke done to me. Okay. Oh, I was. <laughs> it's for fun. For fun, I was. Uh, Sarah, Sarah had had a little to drink. Yes, I was taking uh, just trying out a free jujitsu class. Sure. And so uh, the guy said, okay, so uh, he, like, he, I got in the mount or whatever it was. And he said, oh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to push your hand yep. or your arm over. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm going to grab behind your head and pull in. And then I'm going to take my legs and they're going to go on your hips. And I'm going to like kind of lock my hips and sure. stretch you out. And so he did that. And I'm like, well, I don't feel anything. And then all of a sudden... However, he adjusted it. My whole spine like went like like it just sure. it, it adjusted. It felt really. I'm like, wow, that. And then I fell asleep like instantly. Sure. Yeah, it was like just kind of like that. So, um, and then yeah, so that was kind of weird. The only other time, uh, besides back in the early '90s when I had my tongue pierced, those are the only two times I've ever passed out. So, yeah. So I mean, I'm just saying. It's it only weird. one reason you get your tongue pierced. I don't have my tongue pierced anymore. Yeah. Back then, it was just for like, look at how crazy you needed we are. the money. Yeah, it's just, uh, just kind of crazy stuff. Yep. Um. So anyhow, back to the crazy stuff. Okay, we'll get back to 20 this. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. So you're watching this match, and uh, Tully is this t- okay? We're Tully still on that match. Remember okay. that one? And uh, Tully's working the leg, and Dusty's just like no, like just like ah, fuck it. 
and then eventually just kind of bails on it, and then that's like kind of the end. Well, Dusty was the booker. So kind of does what he wants to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, match goes to a time limit draw. 20 minutes? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I remember Yeah, that. no, it does. And uh, he, it ends with uh, Dusty having Tully in the Boston Crab as time expires on the clock. So maybe if you would have cinched in a Texas Cloverleaf, Kyle, or a Scorpion Deathlock, he might have got the victory. Sure, but going from a shoot perspective, the Boston Crab is the most effective out of all of those. Sure. Probably the only one you're ever going to get. Do you... Um, what do you like better, a Boston Crab or a Camel Clutch? I, I, what do you mean, like better? I don't know. Do you have one that you prefer? If you had to use one as a finisher? Oh, I've never done the Camel Clutch. I once put a kid in the Camel Clutch and made him throw up when I was about eight years old. And we used to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> we uh, would watch wrestling on... Um, I forget which channel it was, but it wasn't the actual AWA programming. It was kind of like a little package deal where they would show some matches and it seemed like they were always showing the um lanza and uh um heenan um and who's the other one black jack who are the it was black, black jack, jack mulligan mulligan lanza and uh heenan versus crusher and bruiser in a cage huh and okay. it was always bloody and then we'd be like let's go play wrestle outside sure. and then i put a kid in the um camel clutch and made him throw up and then i, I did he just eat I don't know, I but it hurt him, and he was like, let go, let go, and I wouldn't let go, and then he just heaved. So guess what my solution was? Because I knew that kid, was his parents were going to call my dad. I went and hid in the woods for about seven hours. <laughs> and then it was like, I remember thinking, ah, it's probably a good enough time. This thing's blown over, and then I, <laughs> and then I went home. How'd that work out for you? Oh, so not so great. I mean, I walked in the, I mean... I walked in the door and I, I remember that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty intense, but I don't know why I thought that like after seven hours that that would blow her and what, and now look, and I remember it being so long because I remember we were outside at about, it was about noon ish and I didn't come back and like the sun was down, was down. So it was clearly, and it was like spring or summer. So it was okay. clearly a while that that happened. So isn't that great? <laughs> like I'm going to hide in the woods. And then they won't find me. And then maybe I thought they'd get uh, nervous that I was gone. And then they'd be happy to see me because they thought that I had uh, been abducted or ran away. And then they'd be like, we forgive you for making that kid throw up from the camel clutch. So. All right. Well, that was a good. <laughs> yeah. So. So speaking of the camel clutch. Main event. Um, before we do actually get to that, though, uh, let's not forget that after the match, Tully Blanchard pile drives Dusty Rhodes. Um, yeah. and then steals the belt. Yeah, as I recall, it was a really, um, wasn't a good pile driver. Yeah. But uh, that may have been Dusty's fault. Yes. Um, one thing I've been saving. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to put it in here before we discuss the main event. The uh, cavalcade of celebrities that were involved with this show. Yes. Well, we have to talk about that before the main event. What a list of weirdness. Go ahead. Uh, so they had, uh, Benny Parsons who, um, is like a NASCAR driver. Sure. So I was watching, uh, so that makes perfect sense. So of course he's wearing like a full on, like the whole Copenhagen, uh, gear and Magnum TA is interviewing him. And then it's listening to these guys talk 
it's exactly what you'd expect a conversation between NASCAR drivers to be. Yes. You know, making jokes about cars <laughs> and well, I mean, but like he's driving an Oldsmobile or something yeah. like that. Like, and it's like, and then laughing and like slapping each other on the chest and shoulder and being like, you guys are really funny. Yeah. Cause that never happens in wrestling. No, but, uh, it was just, it was very awkward and it was very strange. Um, so then the next one, and this is the best one. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is a poolside interview with. I don't remember. Dusty Rhodes yes. and Willie Nelson. Oh, yes. Yeah, Willie had been on there a couple times. And he and did some bash stuff, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the boys, like, <laughs> sat in with, you know, screaming Whiskey River into the microphone. Well, he talks about it on there, and he says, a lot of times Dusty Rhodes shows up at my concerts. And, sure. uh he, you know, he drives everybody crazy. Sure. And we got to get him off the stage. and Everyone was high in that interview. It's a very subdued interview, too, which is <laughs> oh, kind of uh, funny. Well. Uh, <laughs> it's, well. It's, they're just sitting by the pool, and let me tell you, brother. Yep. You know, uh, Willie Nelson's here. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was kind of cool. I would just, like, I, I would pull up a chair and make eye contact with both of them and then just sit there and not say a word. Just like. Do you know what they were promoting? Do you remember what they were promoting? Marijuana. No, that would be pretty funny. They're promoting the um, the movie Stagecoach, the TV movie. They were doing a remake of the movie Stagecoach. Sure. And so that was kind of the thing uh, that they wanted them to. Well, you're mocking this. I'm not. I'm course. telling you the facts. But I'm just I'm going back to like TBS willing to invest the time to one, allow this extra broadcast and two, you know, the guys were involved in TV movies and stuff like that. So I guess that to me represents it like a more harmonious time between wrestling and the TV stations. Right. was allowed to exist back then. Absolutely. I mean, sure. Things were still getting gobbled up, but, um, on an aside, and we can talk more about this at some other point, I've been watching episodes of Southeast Championship Wrestling with yeah. the Fullers, and I'm just amazed by, I mean, the matches are, of course, of the time, right? you know, and everything, but uh, the way that the TV is paced and laid out and the segments that come in, it's like, wow, this is a really well-done television show. Yeah. Oh, for but, sure. Sorry, we can get back to Oh, this. no, that's fine. Uh, there is a one really cool spot in this that they show footage from the backstage or from the like behind the scenes of stagecoach yeah. and it's dusty Rhodes hanging out talking with johnny cash sure so i thought that was kind of neat like to see something like that yeah um, um there you know i'm sure all of these people knew each other because i mean you know look at how many country music personalities live around the nashville area so you know they know who jerry lawler is and you know all the wrestlers and every all the wrestlers and everybody we used to see every week you know right blah, blah, blah. so they would that, come from that area so and then it, it, oh yeah go ahead i'm sorry just to interrupt this um in, you've read jimmy valiant's book yes the deal where he's running through the airport somewhere like trying to catch his flight and he's the last one there and finds out another person waiting to catch a flight and as he gets closer he just looks at him says chuck the man looks at him boogie woogie and that's the only time he and chuck berry had ever met but that's awesome <laughs> it's like, yeah i remember that i love that that is a great story that is pretty cool and uh that makes you wonder how uh realistic that was right Meh. could be sure he could have just yelled chuck and then chuck berry probably just looked around and 
Sure, but I could also see Chuck Berry knowing wrestling. I mean, that's true too. Having, I'm not saying being necessarily an encyclopedic fan or a nerd like us, but you know, them that's them wrestlers on TV. Well, you know? and it's how a oppor- different era and a different true. presentation. And how opportune for Boogie Woogie to be running by the women's bathroom to see Chuck Berry. <laughs> hey, if you guys don't know, look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as an aside on Facebook, somebody just posted a picture from the Rock County 4-H Fair in 1977 when Chuck Berry played there. Oh, that's very cool. And my dad took me, like our family, I, I didn't rec- recognize it then, but now it's like, oh, I saw Chuck Berry. So that's pre- Yeah, that is pretty cool. Speaking of uh, Chuck Berry, rhymes with Chuck Berry. Yes. Gaylord Perry. Oh, uh, NASCAR guy. No, uh, a pitcher, I think. Hall oh, of Fame okay. pitcher. Nice. Baseball guy. Um, I didn't bother sure. looking up anything because well, Gaylord Perry, who cares? Incidentally, on the Southeast Championship Wrestling episode that I watched, it had the original commercials in there, and there was a department store in the Alabama area called Gaylord's. Interesting. Yes. Where, what, it had four locations. What do you, shop at Gaylord's? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. It's um yes I do flamboyant and pink um costumes from no, like Victorian no. it's era. Very, it, w- it was a name. I, I'm sure it was. Uh, incidentally, a favorite jobber name that bounced around the AWA every once in a while was Gaylord Fontaine. Very good. That was a name they gave people for ribs. I like that. That's actually an, uh, that's yeah. a fun name. Reminds me of somebody we know. Uh, by the way, that night. Was also known for something else that happened. Do you remember which night? The night of the oh, that superstars the superstation. No, something I don't. Something big was announced. I don't remember. Well, we had our good friend. Well, not our good friend, but just a wrestling person. Um, Jim Crockett Jr. came out. Yes, and he announced the first ever Jim Crockett Senior Memorial oh, Cup okay. Tag Team Tournament. Sure. Uh, so he had announced that that was going to be ha- taking place uh, later on in the year. And they actually interviewed the vice president of the Louisiana Superdome. Sure. Where they were going to host it, Bob Johnson. And it's um, not day. nearly as exciting as I've even made it sound. It's Magnum TA and uh, talking to um, yeah, Crockett sure. Jr. and this Johnson guy. And it's just kind of like... Uh, yeah, I get to be on the TV. Right, exactly. Yeah, and of this prestigious event that's coming sure. in our direction, which also reminds me that I was recently just watching some Mid-South, some other Mid-South episodes. Sure. And they had the Road Warriors come in and do a squash and a couple other teams because they were uh, looking to tie into the whole uh, Tate Crockett Senior Tournament going on. Sure. So um, it was... Probably the fastest squash I've ever seen in the history of squash matches with the uh, Road Warriors. I think they came in the ring, they bumped one guy outside, gave the other guy a clothesline and like a body press, and then pinned him. Sure. And that was that was. I mean, I, we've seen squashes, of course, but um, it was interesting for Mid South Television because they usually tend to have their matches last a little bit longer. Right. So I'm just saying. But that's what. Uh the road warriors were doing i know but I mean, it was just by that time they had slowed down a little bit and learned how to work right um tom stone tells the story of like flat out refusing to work the road warriors one time oh really like, you guys you're gonna hurt me you're gonna you know 
you don't know what you're doing. And then later he said, Joe went up to him and said, you know, you were exactly right. Like really we did. We were killing guys. So that's pretty crazy. Could be real. Could be tough. Did he, um, uh, was there backlash to him for that, for not wanting to work on? I, I don't recall. Um, I mean, for every one person, I was like, I don't want to get hurt. There was somebody that's like, this is a chance. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm greatly simplifying the story. There was a bit more to it than that. But yeah, it's um, yeah, because I could. I wonder. It feels like that would be something that would get you in big trouble if you didn't do it, or he didn't want to do a spot. You know, I don't remember what it was, but it was the whole maybe just calling them to their face, saying you guys don't know how to work or something sure, like that. Sure, no, makes sense. Uh. Main event of the night. Yes. As voted by the fans. Yes. Ric Flair versus... Sting. No. What? Ronnie Garvin. Oh, I'm thinking of Clash of the Champions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, but uh, I also recall being excited about this because you were programmed to want to see this. Right. This one felt like it was uh, kind of ham-fisted. Uh, no Which fun is intended. funny, yeah. I mean, with the hands of stone, but... Um, and beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, they really did smack the snot yeah. out of each other, so to speak. That's what Ron Garvin did. Yeah, that was like his thing. Yeah. Um, did you? And buy, he liked to get hit too. Did you buy into all that? Were you a Ron Garvin fan at the time? Sure. Because you just as like how I think he was a good one when you'd be like how because is those matches were real, this? dude. Right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like someone be like wrestling's not real big. You need to watch Ron Garvin go yeah. out there and just punch a guy in the face and just like lay into him. Oh, it wasn't the punching, it was the slaps to the chest. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. And the Garvin stomp. Sure. <laughs> but was it um and they let it go? That's the thing I don't understand. Like What's that? Would, would he, so he would just brutalize a lot of the job guys. Yep. And then would would he rein it in? And because I mean, because this match, watching this, like, there, I mean, it's a pretty good slugfest. Yes. Was he like that with everybody? Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, he wanted to hit and get hit. That's crazy. And if you didn't hit him back, he would hit you harder. Isn't he a car salesman now, or something like that? Or he was a pilot for a or while. Pilot, but in like Michigan. No, Carolinas. Carolinas. Oh, okay. I thought it was somewhere down south. Okay. So he's not a car salesman in Michigan. He's a pilot in North Carolina. That's close. Well, him and uh, Gorgeous Jimmy. Yes. Uh, both became pilots. Okay, I didn't know that. But like Jimmy was, or Ron was Jimmy's stepdad at one point. Okay. Um. But. Like I guess they haven't talked in thirty, forty years. Sure, you know I, I. Yeah, but like, so he was a stepdad, but not his dad. But like maybe, maybe Jimmy was sixteen and Ron was thirty. Oh, so gotcha. It was, you sure. know, kind of a deal like that. They put the belt on Garvin for a while, didn't they? Ron Garvin. Yeah. Yes. For, but it was like five months or something, right? Or was no, it? no. It was a little over a month. The only reason Garvin beat Flair was so Flair could win the title at a Starcade. Gotcha. Or was it Starcade? And yeah, wasn't that, was it like a, a Chicago show too where the crowd yeah, yeah. was notoriously Flair, right? Yes. Um, yeah. The way, the, the way this turned out was really weird. Um, like they booked Garvin to win the title, but then he never defended it. Right. Like the only reason he won it was for Flair to to, to win it, it to win it back so they could have the big victory at Starcade. But 
like you know it wasn't promoted it wasn't really pushed it was just this weird yeah limbo thing because ron garvin for whatever reason was better in the chase okay sure yeah you know, so once he won it it was kind of that hey he won oh what do we do now yeah okay right, right. which i think is always kind of a which is different, but that's also what you get when you prime your your audience for you know a heel champion getting chased by babies. Right, right. So, no, no it works. Kind of like when Steamboat beat Savage for the Intercontinental Title. Yes. Like, yay, one. Oh. And then you're just kind of left like, yeah. okay, great. What is there for him to do? Yeah. Um, matches your typical fare. Nothing really spectacular. A lot of punches. A lot of stomps. Everything you'd expect. Chops. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I'm kind of disappointed because I had all this stuff I was going to say, but it was all about the Clash of Champions match. No, see, that's Never funny. Mind. That's all right. We'll get to that one somewhere down the road. But um, We'll watch along then. That's a good one. I yeah. think the first Clash of the Champions. Sure. Let's do that. Um, so then, uh, basically, it's that uh, Ron Garvin has, the ref gets bumped. Ron Garvin gets the goes for the pin. He should have it, but then he goes tries to wake the ref. Yep. Flair heals. Garvin's foot's on the rope. Flair kicks the foot off the rope just before the ref sees it. One, two, yep. three, it's over. And then that's that for the show. Um, I, I, not that it's a dud, don't get me wrong, but it's nothing really spectacular. It's a match. And it's right, for the championship. Right, but it was the champ on TV that you never saw. Right. So, right. Right. No, I'm just, yes, so, exactly. You look at this stuff with modern eyes so much. like you. I do not. Yes, you do. Do I, Kyle? I feel like Kyle's like, I don't know. Kyle yeah, just Kyle, Kyle shrugged his care. shoulders he's like, just, I don't give it. Just, he's uh, just here to turn the thing on. Yes. Man. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, first match. Uh, so tag team belts change hands. Yes. But there's also a ref bump in the match. Of course. And there's kind of like a fight at the end, of course. Gets out of control. Great. Right. Second match, disqualification. And both the teams brawl. That's with the uh, interference from... Okay. Um, the Baron. Third match goes to a time limit draw with a brawl afterward. And then the main event, uh, the ref gets bumped and then does not see the heel uh, champion cheat to win. Nice. So, um, <laughs> yes, a lot of kind of, with the exception of the book ending with actual uh, wins, a little ambiguity you know in the middle and there. People ate it up. And they loved it. They loved it. Absolutely. And if you want to watch it, you can check it out. It is on YouTube. All the matches are broken down. If anybody here is a fan of um, the uh, girl that is the co-announcer, um, the Linda Curry. Linda Curry. Uh, let us know. Anyone uh, a member of the Linda Curry fan club? We'd dying to know who she was. Like she might have been. Again, I'm thinking of the penthouse pet that was at the Clash of Champions, but right. I, I'm sure she was a model of some renown. Do you know what hurts me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it hurts <laughs> Just me. Just going to softball that one up there It like hurts that? me to see Magnum TA in a tuxedo not being able to wrestle. Okay. Like, that is a very, it's a, it's a hard thing to, the, you know, remember that, how great Magnum was and how, like, thinking of where things could have gone in the business with him. His but heaving, then to realize, sweaty, hairy chest. Well, just to see him get... You know, relegated to like an announcer on a what do you show. Mean relegated. He got paid. No, I I know he did. He got paid. I wish Kyle knew the greatness that was Magnum TA. I didn't know the greatness. Do you? A little bit. 
He kind of knows the greatness. He has been sitting in on these right. for every episode. Hold on, Kyle, come here. I'm going to ask you, because a Magnum Oh, team. yeah. Somebody suggested we give you live tests for retention. Oh, yes. Okay. Kyle, here's your Magnum TA test. Who was the trainer of Magnum TA? Magnum test, Arp Key. I have no clue. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, it actually no... rhymes with that. That's true. No, it's not Ivanoff, Mr. Wrestling 1. Not Mr. Wrestling oh, 1. Mr. Wrestling 3. I hate you. Uh, I hate you so much. That's what's wrong much. with these millennials, right? Jesus They Christ. just think they know everything. Uh, they get themselves engaged and they think they're adults. That's how it works. All right, so that's one question wrong. Next question. Professional wrestling redefined. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what was Magnum T.A.'s finishing move? We've never shown him I'm this. Sure. Yes, we watched it. We did a watch along, I thought. No. Didn't we? Nope. We did do a watch along. I'm trying to think because he might have been on that. I do feel bad for No, that we watched this. Butch Reed. Okay. Is Butch Reed doing the barbell pullover? Derek, do you know Magnum T.A.'s finishing move? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Would you like to share it with us? No. All right. Next. How am I supposed to learn, Derek? Well, I'd send you a link. Kyle. But... Kyle. Magnum TA, Western boot or regular boot? Ooh. I feel like he was a regular boot kind of oh. guy. <laughs> oh, was that, am I wrong? Was he Western? This is a, there's an epic failure going on here, isn't there? Wow. And, you know, we're kind of putting him on the spot, though. Kyle. We haven't watched a lot of footage. How long? Yet. Hold on. How long was Magnum TA in WWF? He was never in WWF. There you go. One. He got one right. What? You had to go. You had to give him a softball. I, uh, yeah, I could still get a legends contract. So uh, I, it's a crazy thing. When last fall I saw a Magnum TA action figure at the toy or at uh, Target, um, kind of blew my mind. Absolutely. Still alive, but um, like used as a segue to get around. Just like me. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of that, you have been listening to Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire, brought to you exclusively by our good friends at All the Gimmicks and iTunes. Remember, rate, review, like, share with your friends. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.